Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I don't have anything to uh, look forward to. Today, I I don't think I put us in a really good situation. To be able to get 10 wins and then get ourselves a chance to get in the tournament, that's all you can ask for. The season didn't go the way we envisioned it, but um, you have a new opportunity, so really none of that matters. We expected to be here. We've worked extremely hard to get here, uh, and... You know, we're excited to have the chance to be in the playoffs. A lot of us were surprised when the Eagles went away from Jalen Hurts there. What, what was your thought? Time to eat on seven. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a fun day. Uh, and uh, the season has culminated in week 17. And now we point toward the playoffs. And it's PFT Live. And this is just a, a, a kind of a bittersweet day because we get so caught up in the grind of the season, week in and week out. It develops a rhythm. It develops a flow. It becomes part of your reality, and then it's just done. And what what do you do? And I know the playoffs kind of give you some short-term focus, but it's different. It's just a handful of teams, and it dwindles every week. And I don't know. I'm always sad the Monday after the season ends. I hear you. I mean, well, I mean, I'm not the, – the most sad I always is Monday after the Super Bowl. I mean, that to me is, is heart – like it crushes my heart every year, but it is weird. It'll be an empty week, but I do think the positives are, man, we're going to see a lot of good quality football and man, do we got, I think for the most part, and, and this is like, this does not happen every year. In my opinion, we truly got the best 14 teams in the playoffs in the NFL. There wasn't like, oh, well, man. well, well, no, we don't No, We have 13 okay. plus Washington. Okay. Oh, whoa. Arizona's so much better than Washington. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> well, wait, but you, but, but, but <laughs> wait, Arizona's better than Washington. Minnesota's better than Washington. I don't know. There are teams out there better than Why? Washington. I'm not saying any of those are better than Washington. Why? Why? That's not, that there's the Raiders. But, the Raiders are better than Washington. Uh, I don't know. They didn't look all that great at the end the of the Dolphins year. The Dolphins are better than Washington. But okay, fine. I'll give it's you It's okay. It. It's you're okay right. to fine. say you misspoke. 13 you never out of have 14. have a problem with it. Now you're fighting me? 13 out of 14. Some New Year's resolution? You're right. Well, no. 13 out of right. 14. And I'm not ready to say those teams are all that great either. I am excited about that aspect. You're right about the Washington thing. Certainly a little bit less stellar there than the, the teams we like to see win divisions. But it's going to set up to be you know, what should be an awesome playoffs. I mean, it really should be, and I'm excited about that. All right, this is the point in the show where we do superlatives, and uh, it's wide open, it's free form, and we can basically do whatever the hell we want to do. So, Chris, you get the first crack at it this week. Oh, thy grade one, hand him the MVP. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Give him the award now. Don't make us wait till the night before the Super Bowl. It's over. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, MVP, slam dunk, bam, boom. I mean, again, first off, it's really more about Aaron Rodgers. You know, of course, Aaron Rodgers is awesome. Yes, he's the MVP of football. Yes, he was 10 for 10 yesterday for 150 yards in the first half and three touchdowns. Yes, his first incompletion of the day was, oh, that's right, it should have been a 60-yard touchdown bomb that fell through uh, uh, Valdez Scantling's hands. Um, But 
the year he had, we know. I mean, 48 touchdowns, 48 to 5. It's the quietest 48 touchdown season we've ever had in the history of football. You know, but but I think within that too, here's the the, the thing to me, Mike. I mean, Green Bay, in my eyes, I don't know if you feel this way, but over the last three, four weeks, I, I've 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 changed my thought on them a little bit. I don't know. There just seems to be a little bit more of a toughness to their football team. They're able to run the ball at will on people. It's no longer just like, oh, this team was playing pass defense because they were worried about Rodgers. And the defense is gritty and tough as hell, too. They make plays, and of course with that. So I think differently of the Packers going to the playoffs than I did, I think, at the start of December. I think they truly are the king of the NFC, and Rodgers is the king of all players. The road to Tampa is going to go through Lambeau Field. We saw last Sunday night what that can mean in wintertime. And they, they've managed to avoid in recent weeks, and maybe they've finally figured it out. Maybe once you have enough of these games where uncharacteristically you step into a pothole and you're left to pick up the pieces, and you've got Aaron Rodgers saying, we just didn't have energy today, I don't know why. Maybe they finally figured it out. Maybe it's right. not a permanent affliction that's just going to be inevitable that it pops up from time to time. Maybe they've figured out how to properly prepare to avoid that game where we're going to say, what the hell was that? So, uh, you know, we'll see. And if it happens, it's going to happen at home. They have lost in the time that Matt LaFleur has been the head coach two home games, I believe. Eagles, Eagles last year and Minnesota in this 2019 year. 2019 in Minnesota this year. Right. And both were games they could have won. They typically have their clunkers on the road. They're not going to be on the road until it's time to go back to Tampa. Now, they did lose in Tampa 38-10, to 10, uh, and they may cross paths with the Buccaneers again, but this time it would be at Lambeau Field. So, you know, look, I, I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers has been phenomenal. More touchdown passes than punts for the year for the Green Bay Packers. 48 touchdown passes. And, look, Mar Mark Murphy's a genius. Mark Murphy knows how to 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 – to engineer dysfunction into a positive. I remember his comment in 2019 when Tyler Dunn, then of Bleacher Report, had the article delving into the dysfunction between Mike McCarthy, the former head coach, and Aaron Rodgers. And Murphy's reaction to all of it was, well, if it, if it upsets some people and gets people to perform better this year, it's not a bad thing. And I really do believe at some level, as they were deciding on this move up to get a quarterback and all of the ramifications and between Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur and Mark Murphy, they're all smart enough to know that there would have been a reaction and there was a reaction. They managed to engineer it toward a positive that it got Aaron Rodgers motivated in a positive way, much like when the Patriots drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round in 2014, they had gone 10 years without winning a Super Bowl. They they and and there was this sense that Brady's at a crossroads. Yeah, was, right. They they draft Jimmy Garoppolo. It yeah. pisses him off. Sorry, London, and it helps and it works. Right. And that that's the win win. They have so they have a guy now that yeah. can be groomed, and they have Aaron Rodgers who's salty and has channeled it in a positive way. Right. And has had one of his best seasons ever. No, you're right. I mean, people forget that about the Brady. You know th what happened there? Remember the 2013 AFC Championship game against the Broncos. The Broncos sold out to stop LeGarrett Blunt and the Patriots run game and left just wide open receivers all over the field that day. And I think that's when New England was like, what? what? It might be over for him. You know, either way, what they've done in Green Bay, and we were talking in the last break, right? Matt LaFleur is the most underrated 26-6 and six head coach I've ever heard in my life. Nobody talks about him. He barely gets a whisper for coach of the year. Shame on us for that. I mean, all of it. It's just amazing. And really, it's his personality. And, you know, really, I think almost some of the things I perceived as his weakness, you know, getting the job. Oh, I don't know if he has a strong enough demeanor and he's, you know, he's a little quiet. I think have all been a po they've all actually turned out to be positives. You know, he's not too egotistical and a narcissist or where he's got to be the, the big guy on stage all the time. And he's obviously has a great way of communicating the right way. With a guy who we know, yeah, is demanding and tough to deal with, Rodgers. He expects a lot and demands a lot. So, Matt LaFleur, Goody, everybody, way to go up there in Green Bay. I know we gave you a lot of crap for that draft pick. Not that this is a day to wave around a Doug Peterson poster, but I remember when he got the job in Philadelphia that the buzzwords were emotional intelligence. And it was more uh, 
more comment on the reality that they believed Chip Kelly had none of it. But I think Matt LaFleur has it in, in an abundance because you're right. You don't have to be the, the hard-charging my way or the highway football coach to get the most out of your players. LaFleur has found a way to get the most out of his players. And 26-6 and six is undeniable. And now they're the one seed in only his second season. And they have been phenomenal. And uh, I think we just expect it. Yeah, like, I know. I think it doesn't stand out because we expect the Packers to be good. And he, he and that I, I think it just shows you how seamless his transition has been. That that we're we don't even think about him as coach of the year because yeah, we just expect this like with Bill Belichick. We just expect it. Yeah. And and well, so, it's the uh, Rodgers factor. Good for the Packers. It's the Rodgers yeah. factor too. He does that, you know, he's done been doing that for Green Bay for a long time. We've had this conversation when I first started on the job. You know, there was a lot of years that Green Bay's a Super Bowl contender and you're like, What? The team's not really good, it's just Rodgers. But I'm still mad at them for picking Jordan Love in the first round. That was stupid, but everything else has been really good. Way to go, Green Bay. It would be very useful to have had the players who are contributing to the cause with the first-round pick and with the fourth-round pick they used to move up in round one. That's yeah. two players that they could potentially have who'd be at a point now where they've got 16 games of regular season experience, maybe ready to contribute in a big way in the postseason. Jordan Love will not be contributing unless – uh, something happens to Aaron Rodgers, which uh, will make it very hard for the Packers to get to where they want to be. My, my my first superlative is the Ponce de Leon should have landed in Tampa instead award because when the Spanish explorer came to Florida looking for the fountain of youth, uh, he didn't find it. Well, if he'd have gone to Tampa and picked that spot on the water where Tom Brady uh, – originally resided something <laughs> happened there some i mean and we've i've been in that water it, it didn't tom make brady. me it didn't save me <laughs> <laughs> we, we've come to expect it from tom brady but it, it really is amazing this guy's now 43 years old and five months he's got the wear and tear of a football season and he keeps getting better and better and he keeps looking like the guy that he was years ago and the buccaneers keep getting better and better you know, I, I still think they did a poor job of not managing expectations on the way into the season because they had some rough spots, but they've ironed out the rough spots. And I'd love to see them cross paths with the Saints again because I think it would be far different yes, than 38-3 to or, or the loss that was dealt back in week one when they were still getting their feet wet, getting to know each other, no preseason games. They're, they're, they're humming now, and – I, look, Tom Brady's always said he's going to play till he's 45. Why stop at 45? I, I don't know when the wheels are going to come off for him, but they're not even starting to rattle. No. And he's and he's and he's 43 in five months. It truly is amazing. And this has been kind of like his religion almost over the last 10 years that he decided at some point I am going to push myself deeper into my lifespan playing football than anyone ever has, and I'm going to do it at a high level. You know, George Blanda was still playing in his mid-40s, but he was kicking. The, the, we've never seen anything like it. Don't get used to it. I don't know who else out there can make the commitment that Brady has made and, and make it work the way that he has, but it really is amazing. And uh, I, I think they're the most dangerous team right now in the NFC. I, although I agree with you, the Packers have improved. I I, I, I hear you. The I think they're right the there. Team. Yeah, they're, and they're the team that I think could give the Chiefs or the Bills. Yeah, we have to start saying or the Bills when we right. say Chiefs now. The Chiefs or the Bills are run for their money. I I I I agree with you there. I mean, totally. I totally. I, they're he's on fire. I mean, we just talked about him in 2013. Tom Brady. He's better this year than he was in 2013, and that was seven or eight years ago. You know, again. He was at the benefit of a great system in New England. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But what I'm saying is this year where I find it, I mean, he's making plays, plays and throws sometimes where I go, well, you know me, Mike, I'm into like what what's he do when nothing's there? And is he maximizing what's there to be had? And that's to me where Brady has taken off this year. There's just so many plays where I go, well, the only guy that's open here is a, he's got to throw a 45-yard strike. Boom, strike. Oh, all right, there's nobody open. He's going to have to make a perfect throw 30 yards down the field. Boom, perfect strike. I mean, his arm is phenomenal. I, it, what's amazing is he made that scramble to the right touchdown pass to Antonio Brown. I swear he's faster now than he was in 2013. And, yeah, they're flying, Mike. I mean, I think other than Buffalo, 
I mean, I, maybe Green Bay in that mix. I don't know if there's a more dangerous passing attack. And I know Kansas City, obviously, as well right now. But I don't know if there's a better down-the-field passing attack than what we've seen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last four weeks. And that's where they're going to be dangerous in this NFC playoffs. I think the bye weeks this year were critical. And the later the bye, the better. Because that was your opportunity to take a break, to reset, to self-scout yourself and come out of it stronger. The Bills did it with a relatively late bye. I think it was like week nine, week 10. But the Buccaneers had the latest bye. Week 13, I think it was. Right. And they kind of limped into that. They have been unstoppable since emerging from their bye week. And it's about winning games in December. That was one of the big criticisms Bruce Arians had of Jameis Winston. He had been with quarterbacks who rose to the occasion in December, and Winston went the other way. Brady has risen to the occasion like we've seen him do it before in December. He's doing it now. It lays the foundation for January. And even though he's he's soon going to be closer to 44 than 43, he, he is making it happen. We've never had a team play a Super Bowl in its home stadium. And this would be the weirdest year to do it, but it, it could happen. At Tampa Bay. Green Bay, the old Bay of Pigs. Right. They may be the best two teams in the NFC right now. Yeah. I mean, I would say the the way they've played yeah, down the stretch here, that would be probably my top two in the NFC, with the Saints being right there. I don't want to forget them, but I think just the you know, the Packers in Tampa have been been more impressive. Uh, I'm just I'm amazed with, with everything there in Tampa and Brady. They're protecting them, which is really the key. Cause as long as he's protected, he'll stand in there and make top notch awesome throws. And we're seeing that week by week. All right. We haven't talked about this game. I got to give it a little love. I'm going to give the Vince Lombardi Award. All right. A Vince Lombardi Award to the Baltimore Ravens. Because you've seen like the old Vince Lombardi, right? Video, right? We got a seal here and a seal here. And we're going to hit the alley, right? I, I mean, well, uh, yeah, Vince that's Lombardi's voice. Well, that was Those a little words, jersey. That's not him. I don't know who that is. Well, I can't do the, but I gave a little jersey attitude towards it. I tried to, okay? A little flavor there. It didn't work out. Sorry. But either way, I know that like the Baltimore Ravens offense just sealed off the whole damn Cincinnati Bengals defense yesterday. I mean, the whole damn game. It was unbelievable. Are you kidding me? 404 yards rushing in an NFL football game? That was remarkable. And Baltimore, just the way they're playing here, coming you know down the month of December into January, wow. I mean, it's really, it seems like the defense has got it going. They're healthy, flying around. And the offense, the run game is just unstoppable. And Lamar has just found a good balance of, yeah, okay, I'll throw when you're open. And if you're not, I'm just going to stand back here and I'm going to dance and then I'll make a bolt for something and run for 20 yards. And it's just everything's working in Baltimore right now. But to dominate the line of scrimmage like that in an NFL football game, and I know the Bengals' defensive line not all that good, that still is just uh, remarkable what we saw yesterday. Second team in the Super Bowl era with 400-plus rushing yards in a game. They actually were threatening the record of 426 set in 1934 by the Detroit Lions in a 40-7 win over the Steelers. And the Ravens go into the playoffs loose, confident, and there isn't going to be much talk, although I'm going to go ahead and mention it now, that they're 0-2 with Lamar Jackson as the starting quarterback, and if they fall to 0-3, then it really does become a full-blown narrative. This year, that's not the story. They have been in playoff mode for the last five weeks. This is just the next game, and this is their crack at the Titans. You know, they're going to get maybe a chance to go on a little bit of a revenge tour. Yeah. Teams that they've struggled against, teams that have beaten them, they're going to have a chance to maybe beat the Titans, and then maybe they get a, a shot at the Chiefs. And, and uh, you know, it, it's uh, uh, it's compelling. And it's a much different vibe than last year when they were 14-2. And two. And, uh, and and the team that, you know, everyone was trying to beat and the Titans did. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a diff- it, it's like last year, you know, we went into it just like it's inevitable. Oh, the Ravens are going to win the divisional game and they're going to go to the, the AFC championship game. This year, they've, they've had a fight for it. And I think they've showed us something, you know, fighting for it, that they're completely capable of rising to the challenge. And I think you're right. The fact that it's been playoff game after playoff game really here down the stretch, it's almost made that point about Lamar Jackson a little less edgy because you're just going, well, 
I mean, okay, these were all must-win games, and he played awesome and won the damn games. So, you know, it might make us not judge quite as harshly uh, this weekend no matter what happens. I mean, we could have some serious old-school football between the Ravens and the Titans with those running attacks, and that leads to my next one. Mike, the NFL is is going that way. It's going that way. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? I I, I just think, and I talked about this on my podcast a little last week, because I just think it's a a cyclical league, right? It is at times. Okay, whatever. But either way. You got it. You got got it. it. I know. You started. Yes. You started to fall off the cycle. Right. And, but then you but then you got it. I've fallen off many of cycles in my day. But <laughs> I, I think that, you know, we went to spread football, all of that. The league adjusted. You know, they did. And, of course, college football has been spread football and all those type of things. And it became a speed game. And here the last year or two, we're starting to see a few teams who are starting to go, wait, these kids from college, you know, they don't know how to take on a pulling guard or a fullback leading through the way. And we're starting to see teams go bigger on offense and stop with all the short passing game and the bubble screens and all that. Because the Seattle scheme, it was an eight-man front. That kind of started to end it. You know, it took away all that stuff, all the Peyton Manning pick plays and all that to where – so now slowly I think you're seeing a transformation of, wait, this is the new way. You know, and play action and boots are great ways to create offenses. And if these defenses want to be fast with these, you know, safety-like linebackers and these defensive tackles who are athletic and can play defense end, let's start smashing their face with 330-pound guards and tackles. And I think that's where the league is going to go here for the next few years. It'll be interesting to watch. Sorry I didn't interrupt you. No, 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 it's fine because I th- I'm fascinated by this. I think part of it, too, is the lack of padded practices – the lack sure. of practicing of tackling to the ground. Right. Rarely are, are, are there guys tackling to the ground. It creates for a sloppier brand of defensive football, and it creates an opening in turn for running games to thrive because you're going to have missed tackles. You're going to have bad angles. You're going to have all sorts of things because you don't practice that. You know, This is the flip side of seven-on-seven seven emphasis and defensive yeah. back play and right. receivers. Right. You know, the the, the, the Run, run the ball is simple. That's that's the instinct that you have from the first time you're playing with your friends and somebody shows up with a ball. You run around with it. But that skill of how to properly get to the guy who is fast and big and strong and physical, that's something that needs to be practiced. And they don't practice it like they used to. All right, this this is the Eric Dickerson's Getting Nervous Award. It's something that Mike Tarico said on the digital clip that we did last night that he was texting with Jim Gray, who was texting with Eric Dickerson, who was very nervous during the Titans game that it was going to go to overtime because Dickerson feared that if it went to overtime, Derrick Henry was going to surpass 2,105 yards for the season. He came within 79. It is amazing. Derrick Henry is amazing. And, you know, they say don't pay running backs. Well, for every running back that got paid and went south, You've got Derrick Henry, you've got Alvin Kamara, you've got Dalvin Cook. They got paid, and they have provided a great return on their investment. Mike, I mean, Derrick, Derrick Henry, you, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a little while to get going, but once it gets going, it's incredible. 2,027 yards, the eighth player in NFL history with 2,000 rushing yards in a season, and the Titans are the first team to have two of them. They had Chris Johnson yeah. in 2009, and now they have Derrick Henry in 2020, Chris. Yeah, really, uh, it, it's it's amazing what we watch him do every week. It is. It just, it's, again, one of the unstoppable forces in football for the most part. And if you just give him any daylight at all, you know, and like you said, he gets his momentum going. Forget it. I mean, he can just run by you. He can make you miss. He runs you over. It's just, it's it's amazing. It really is. He's He's one of the more special running backs we've ever seen in the game. And it's just, when you watch him run, I don't think, you know, TV does him justice sometimes just because you watch him go. It doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but then you're sitting there and you're going, wait, that guy that's chasing him runs four, four, like, and he's running away from him. And that's where it's just amazing. Week after week, he answers the bell and he handles himself the right way. He's a lot of, he's very easy to root for. That's for sure. All right. You got any more? Yeah, I got lots more. I mean, I mean, I got lots more. All right. Um, I I think we got to hit this. The are we sure is going to be my – are we sure? Are we sure? Are we sure about Tua? That's where I, I think I got to go with this here. You know, we didn't get to talk about it because we, we waxed poetically about the Buffalo Bills. But 
going into a 2021 offseason, Tua was a top five pick. You know, at no at no point during the year did he show to be anywhere in the same stratosphere as Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. No point. I I, I just I, I'm just I got questions. That's all I'm saying. You know, listen, it, they were handicapped yesterday by by the fact that he was playing quarterback. They have to manage the game. There's no limited to what they can do. As soon as they fall fell behind, we kind of were like, ah, we know it's over. He's not going to drop back and beat them with his arm and make throws like that. And listen, I don't care that they lost or that the statistics aren't that great. It's not passing the eye test. That's all it's about. It's not personal. The kid is awesome because I get a lot of crap from Miami fans on social media. It's I, The kid is awesome. I'm just talking about football. It does not pop, and that's got to concern the Miami Dolphins a little bit going in the offseason. Yeah, and look, I, I think you're putting it mildly. I, I, I okay, continue to you. be bothered by right. th this. Uh, and, and Dolphins fans get upset, but it's a very simple proposition. They had the fifth pick. They had Tua or Justin Herbert. They could have taken either one. And the fact that they took Tua and that the Chargers took Justin Herbert with the very next pick amplifies all of it. That's right. And it creates a, a, a dotted line from L.A. to Miami for the next 10 years or as, as long as they're both in the NFL. And uh, that's just the reality. And when, when, you're, you know, it, when, when you're standing on the brink of that pick, it's no different than Peyton Manning versus Ryan Leaf. It's just in a different spot of the draft. You've got two elite quarterbacks left. And I got people who were saying yesterday that nobody knew Justin Herbert was going to be good. He wasn't a top prospect. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you not pay attention to what goes yeah. on? Of course he was. Of course he was a top prospect. The biggest question about him was, if you drag him too far away from Oregon, is he going to be able to function? Right. Remember, that was the, that was the knock. Sure. And uh, they dragged him from Oregon down to L.A., and he's been perfectly fine. So I think they could have pulled him to Miami. And we've seen it. And, and as you say, it's the eye test. It's what does it look like? What does it feel like? And with Justin Herbert, it looks different. It feels different. It feels better, much better, and looks much better than what Tua has done. And it hurts me to say it because I think Tua is a great kid. Exactly. And I think it's a great story. Right. And I want him to do well. Right. But if, if I was a Dolphins fan right now, I would be agonizing over the fact that we got the wrong guy. Yeah. Period. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it, it's tough. Her, Herbert is is special. You know, I, I didn't expect these type of results, but as you know, last year, I mean, during the draft process, he was my number two quarterback, and I said, I think he has a higher ceiling than Joe Burrow. He has superstar talent, and it's been justified now. I mean, it's so justified that I want to go, hello, hello, Los Angeles Chargers. Please call Brian Dayball and start the arms race with the Kansas City Chiefs and just go that way. You know, no disrespect to Eric Bieniemy. I just want to say this. I, I wouldn't hire a coordinator from a team within my division to be a copycat of that team. You, you're not going to dethrone the king. Bring in a new idea. Let Eric Bieniemy go to the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson. Let them light it up. But I just look at that and go, yeah, Herbert's been special, but not to change the subject, yes. The Tua thing is concerning. Dolphins have a lot of draft picks, everything like that. Fitzpatrick getting up there in years. I just, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do at the quarterback position this offseason. They got the third overall pick. I know. The third overall pick, thanks right. to the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. How do you not engage? You have to evaluate all the quarterbacks anyway because you may be in a position to do a trade. We don't know how it's all going to fall together at the top of the draft. You've got to fully evaluate the quarterbacks, and in the process of evaluating the quarterbacks, you may decide – we think we got somebody better than Tua, and it may be Josh Rosen all over again. You yeah, can't rule that right, out right. at this stage of the game. You can't because there's a lot of work still to be done. We still have a lot that we need to do. You mentioned the possibility of an opening with the Chargers. Let's take a look at where things currently stand. The openings we know about, the openings we think are coming, and the other ones that are kind of floating around out there that we're not quite sure what's going to happen. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you feel like you deserve the chance to remain the coach? You know what? If I got what I deserved, I mean, it would be really bad. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think we've done a good job here under the circumstances. Um, yeah, I, I, I like to be the head coach here. But like I say, right now I'm under contract. So I am the head coach here. Uh, it's not a matter of you know, what I feel like. Whatever happens is going to happen. I mean, I know the record doesn't reflect it. I know that I'm a good football coach. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking to have, you know, an opportunity. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. Anthony Lynn of the Chargers, Doug Marone of the Jaguars. This is the day that we used to call Black Monday, but the reality is we know a lot of these openings before we even get to Monday. The Jets fired Adam Gase last night. We were expecting the hammer to fall with Doug Marone. I I wonder whether or not in the hierarchy of Shad Khan's wish list, Doug Marone is high enough that he wants to know He's going to get the guy he wants, whether it's Urban Meyer. And I think it is Urban Meyer one, Chris. Right. Too, Urban Meyer's talking too much to other people for that not to be sure. the presumption. Urban Meyer one. And then isn't Marone two? Is it if I can't get Meyer, I'll keep Marone? How many guys are there before you keep Marone? But I think, I think Shad Khan recognizes that you don't throw out the guy you have Unless and until you know that the guy you hire is going to be better. And I think that's why Marone's still on the job. Well, I, I understand that. I mean, there's a there's a lot to like about Doug Marone. You know, again, I, I don't look at Jacksonville the last few years and look at them and think they're an ill-prepared, bad, badly coached football team. Do I think that, you know, their roster is, you know, in flux? It's young this year, of course. There was, what did anybody expect from Doug Marone this year? I mean, come on. Really, what did anybody think was going to happen? So, all right, yeah, I, I don't know. I do still have faith in him, and I think overall as a football mind, I I believe in a lot of the things he believes in, but I just I don't know. I, I You know, with the way it's looked the last few years, you're going to have the number one pick for Trevor Lawrence, and there's guys like we just talked about, Eric Bieniemy and Dayball out there that are going to be hot commodities you, know, you have a chance to kind of get one of those combinations of like, hey, an Andy Reid with a special quarterback, this could be fun to watch. And I think that's got to be, you know, on their radar as well. Right. But but Urban Meyer seems to be I know. very, very top. I know. And he would have the ability to hire a GM. I mean, they're ready to give the guys the keys to the car. He's never driven at the NFL level. And, you know, a lot of the great college coaches, like look at Nick Saban. I mean, you, you, what you do to make you great at the college level may not necessarily translate. For Saban, it was and still is an incredible gift for recruiting, and that's one of Meyer's strong suits. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Well, you can't recruit at the NFL level. He's going to have to put an infrastructure in place where he, he gets players that that are good enough that they can be coached by him into superstars and – you know, if he does take the job, this whole Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields thing right out of the gates. Fields is the guy he recruited to Ohio State, but Lawrence is the clear-cut top prospect. I, I'd be stunned if Urban Meyer doesn't take Trevor Lawrence. And I think for business reasons, the Jaguars need a guy like that who's going to resonate with the fan base and, yeah. and sell very well in He's England from as well when they go over there. Right. It's Yeah, I, I, but, but it's just one of the dynamics to consider if Meyer gets the job. But I... I think they're holding on to Marone until they know what what is going to happen, and and I, because I think there have been times where that. maybe teams regretted getting rid of a guy before knowing who was going to take the guy's place. You always want to have it all planned out. Yeah. And I just think, hey, we're going to fire this guy. Well, who are you going to hire? Well, I don't know. We'll figure that out. That may not be an acceptable position for Shad Khan. No, I I, I think you're I, I hear you, and I think between the Tom Coughlin thing and maybe Caldwell. 
not living up to expectations there that that might have given you know given given Marone a little bit of a fighting chance here despite his record and everything like that. Um, so that it'll be interesting to see. Again, they were competitive and tough in every football game we saw this year, and none of those games did we ever think they really should win that game going into it. So there is something to be said about that. Marone's a good head coach. I'm a believer in Jay Gruden as an offensive coordinator. You know, there's things to like down there in Jacksonville to where, yeah, if they did stand pat, I don't think it's crazy. And last thing I'll say with this conversation, I, Urban Meyer would scare me to death. I'm just like – ultimate respect, you know, other than Nick Saban, the greatest co uh, college coach of our era, no doubt about it. But like, I, I just, I, I've seen him in two other stories, get tired, get stressed out and leave. So now he's older and we think that's going to change. Why? He's, if you hire Urban Meyer as your head coach, you're getting him for three or four years and then he's going to retire and either go on to the next project or he's going to be done forever. And that's to where, I would question that hiring just a little bit. Anthony Lynn's status is, for the most part, unknown because the Chargers have tried to be very respectful. I mean, when you read the tea leaves, I think you come to the conclusion he's going to be fired, and they've just they they they've just decided to not leak anything, let him get through the season, and then we'll make the official decision and implement it. He's got one year left on his contract. That's not much of a buyout. It's a great opportunity for them to go out and hire an A-list coach to work with Justin Herbert. And a lot of the problems with the team fall on Anthony Lynn, period. So I think we can put him and Marone in the expected-to-be-fired category and leave them there and see how it plays out, Chris. Yeah, I think so, too. It's unfortunate. Man, do I like Anthony Lynn. Man, are there some good things about you know their football team and what they've done too? Uh, but I think you said it right. You know, I think you just you look at the way they lost so many games this year. There's no other way than to look at it and just go, well, I that's the head coach. You know, the managing of the clock and some of those things and everything like that. Yeah, and then of course, hey, we had the special teams failures, all of that. And I know that's not all Anthony Lynn, but it's under his watch and it is tough. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think it helps that you have a guy like Justin Herbert now where, you know, honestly, everybody goes and just goes, whoa, we got something special. Maybe we need to try to go that route with a coach to elevate, you know, specialness into Mahomes and Rogersness to where now we got a guy that takes over football for the next 12 years. And I think that could ultimately hurt Anthony Lynn as well. Yeah, I, I, so I, I agree with you. I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, and uh, Marone and Lynn are the ones we're watching. Another one to keep an eye on, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. There had been a report that he's expected to be safe. I, it's, it's not entirely settled at this point, I believe. He could be back, should be back, would be back. The Bengals don't like to pay people to not work. That's been their M.O. So if there's any buyout involved, that, that benefits Taylor's quest. But 625-1 and one over the last two years, not great. And uh, – you know, I, I, I have a feeling he's going to get another year, Chris. Seems but like there it. aren't I, I'm looking for like where else and we get a surprise. There was a stretch. Where we were getting a surprise every year. I, I don't see one this year, which which maybe lays the foundation for a good surprise if we don't see one. I know. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't see one out there either unless you want to throw Mike Zimmer out there again so he could call you I or, don't. or see you at some I don't. see you at the owners meeting and threaten you to can. beat you up. <laughs> you can throw it out there. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't disrespect Mike Zimmer like that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so I just just having fun. But you're right. I don't know if there's anything out there. I think the Zach Taylor's the one that I look at and I just I had heard too that if he wasn't let go and stayed there, that you know they're going to force changes with on the staff a little too. But you're right. Anything other than that, I don't envision anything else happening, Mike. It it could be just all about you know the two teams we talked about: fill that Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons, and see where it goes. I think the one team whose fan base would most love to see a change is the Dallas Cowboys, but that's not going to happen either. They're not going to fire Mike McCarthy, but I know Cowboys fans are up in arms yesterday with some of the decisions that McCarthy made as he wrapped up his first season with the team. That wraps up this segment. When we return, defining moments of Week 17, our Monday draft. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. All right, Monday edition of PFT Live rolls around. And what we've done in the past on Mondays, it's the Sunday surprise. We've tried 
to go with something different today. We are going with something different. We're trying to. We are, Chris. Defining moments of week 17. That is our draft for today. And I have a question. Well, I just what occurred to, to me. Did you wear that pick. shirt on the show last night? Did you? No, okay. I didn't. Stop okay. it. I, I did to make sure. All right. All right. Good. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. You, you keep trying that. No, I've learned. I learned the hard way. Okay. Good. Uh, not to try to pull that off. Derrick Henry won his second straight rushing title. Who was the last player to lead the league in rushing in back-to-back seasons? Mm. Wow. Okay. Um I mean, man, you want to say I, I'm not? It is not an answer. I mean, I want to. My mind goes right to Adrian Peterson, and I think That's of your answer? Uh, no, but it's not or CJ Two K. But I would think it's I'm going to go Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh, did yeah. you look at the? Did you cheat? Did no, you cheat? I don't cheat ever, never. All right, um, sure. This okay. just this just in. I'm a historian, like I've told you a million times. <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs> you right. got the first pick. Uh, go ahead. In all honesty. I saw the stat somewhere the last week or so on TV somewhere where they talked about back-to-back rushing leaders, and that's where I got it from. Um, and this mind is like a steel trap. It just once you get it in there, it's there. Okay, defining moment for me. I'm going to go to the Los Angeles Rams or Arizona Cardinals football game. Seven five, Strevler in at quarterback. Cardinals driving down before the half. They're in fringe field goal territory. Strevler throws a ball down the seam, and oh wait, there's no receiver there. And Troy Hill picks it off and returns it for a 84-yard pick six. That, to me, one of the defining moments of Sunday, where it was a defensive battle with two quarterbacks. To that point, Wolford was the only one who had done something done dumb with his first pick of the day on his first throw of the day. And then that was, hey, we got a young quarterback who's inexperienced too. Look what he can do. Oh, he'll give you a free seven points. That changed the game, and really the Rams never relinquished the power, the momentum from the game from there on out. I got to go back to what we spent the first half hour of the show talking about because I think the defining moment of the day and the moment that will resonate into today and possibly beyond is the benching of Jalen Hurts that that is the moment that Washington clinched the NFC East and the Giants were able to get salty about what the Eagles were trying to pull and whatever the reason, whatever the layers, whatever the levels, that's the moment. When I think back to the 17th Sunday of the 2020 season, the one thing that's going to stand out is the decision of the Eagles to pull Jalen Hurts out of a close game and concede to Washington and take the higher pick at number six in round one versus number nine. That that's the one thing I'll never be able to forget. Man, I know. That's it's uh it's a killer still. I, I really couldn't even believe. And you see Fletcher Cox, that's pretty good uh, little back and forth there with <laughs> Eli. Eli Manning. I love it. Um, but I, I will say, like watching it, it was as jarring as uh, you know ever. Is it just being like, oh my gosh, they're intentionally trying to lose. It's the first time ever that I really felt that way watching an NFL football game. You know, and again, like I wasn't watching that 2014 Bucks game last game of the year. So it just, it was jarring, I guess, because it was Sunday night football in the implications, but uh, something else. It's one of those things I think I'll never forget just how you kind of felt at that moment. Um, all right, my next one, uh, I'm going to go to the Seattle game. We haven't talked about them yet, but you talk about a Sunday defining moment. Well, it doesn't have to do with Russell Wilson. It has to do with the defense and Benson Maioa getting the strip sack fumble on C.J. Beathard late in the football game. Seahawks finally go up in the football game. They had been struggling. Now they're up 19-16 to after a long drive and a great throw, touchdown pass by Russell Wilson. They get the strip sack and then a few plays later score a touchdown to go up by 10 points to where, to me, that was ball game. Seattle, who had struggled all day long and – Mike, I mean, it's crazy with Seattle. It was all about their offense the first 10 weeks of the year, and now it's the offense is kind of struggling, and it's all about Russell making plays, and the defense is the most consistent thing they got going. The defense, other than the Rams, has been the best defense in football over the last five or six weeks. Phenomenal. I can't believe the transformation of the team altogether. And, you know, the Seahawks were playing in that window at the same time. The Saints were at Carolina, and the Packers were, we're at Chicago, and there were different ways the dominoes could fall for any of the three teams to be the number one seed. 
And early on, it wasn't clear how it was going to work out, and there was just kind of a sense, are the Packers actually going to blow their shot to have home field advantage in the divisional round and if they win there, the, the championship round? And then, and then I'm surprised I'm taking this and not you. Then came the moment. Oh, Aaron Rodgers to Marquez Valdez-Scantling for 72 yards, the catch and run. That was the moment where it's like, okay, okay. The Bears, no, no, no. it's fun for a little while, right. but the Packers are going to win this game, and the Packers are going to nail down the one seed, and the road to the Super Bowl is going through Lambeau Field, which will have a huge influence on who gets there and raises considerably the chances it'll be the Packers representing the NFC, Chris. Yeah, can't can't disagree with that. I mean, it's hard. I mean, Rodgers and Green Bay up in Green Bay in those elements, uh, they're they're just there's something about it. And of course, he just he it just doesn't matter. Just like you see in Chicago last night, it just doesn't matter how cold, how windy it is. It doesn't matter. The guy has hands like a caveman. Okay, I've shook his hands. His fingers are twelve inches long. And he can just grab the ball and rip it through the air any way he wants. He's just he's one of the most gifted throwers we've ever seen, and that's why they're going to be tough to beat up in Green Bay. All right. Um, I haven't given my G-men any love. I got to give my G-men some love. Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, Giants, way to fight. Wait. Is is the defining moment when the guy recovered the fumble with his butt? Well, hey, it might be. I mean, yes, I, that was that was a defining moment. It was kind of like the Giants. You're in a nutshell right there. I was going to go to the what happened just before that though, and Andy Dalton throwing the interception in the end zone on third down, where yeah, they were going down trying to take a lead in the football game. The Giants defense, as it did for the most part of the day came through in a big situation, got pressure on Dalton, forced him to throw an interception. Xavier McKinney intercepts it. But the Giants, just a lot of credit for them for perseverance all year. Yesterday, they really controlled that football game through and through. I mean, Daniel Jones and Wayne Gallman, they had the uh, the drop handoff early in the game that gave the Cowboys a short field. Evan Ingram had a ball that went right through his two hands that gave the Cowboys another drive for a touchdown. But either way, give them a lot of credit for fighting in a big game and and beating the Cowboys. I think the defining moment of this draft is your failure to take any moment that was truly a defining moment for Sunday. But that's okay; it's your prerogative. I'm not I'm not being critical. Well, why why was the Rams pick six not a defining moment? I don't understand. Why was the strip? Because sack? nobody's gonna nobody cares. Because nobody cares. Who's gonna? How's that gonna be remembered? How's that gonna resonate? What does that define? It defines a meaningless game. That's what. That's why. Well, it, I'm it, sorry. I was put up to that. Well, I mean, it defines what. The, okay, I, I don't know if it was meaningless. I mean, it wasn't maybe meaningless at the def- time. Maybe, maybe we need. Maybe the guy that gave you that idea moment. to say that should come up with a better draft and do his job the next time. <laughs> maybe that's what he should do. All right, <laughs> the last one for me, and, and I let it just hang there. And I, I was going. I thought by now I'd be down to Isaiah McKenzie's 84-yard touchdown on a punt return. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. He stops, he starts, he zigs, he zags, and that was the moment that that game was over. But I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Third and one. It's 24-22. They need one play. And with the Browns, you never quite know that you can count on them to make one play. They did student body right with Baker Mayfield. He slides for the first down. He gets up with the emphatic first down indication, and that was the moment that 18 years of pent-up frustration in Cleveland finally had come to fruition. Even though there were only 11,870 fans there, they got to enjoy it. And the Browns fans everywhere got to enjoy it. And they have suffered. And they deserved so much better than what they've gotten. So, uh, yeah, I left it there for you through through two rounds. And you didn't take it, Chris. I, 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 yeah, okay, great. whoop de doo I liked mine better. Okay, great. Uh, but either way. And then the Browns, their onside kick recovery, right? I mean, that was scary in itself. They kind of had a Giants-type fumble recovery where their guy, like, recovered it with his butt. And it was so you were like, oh, my gosh, is the Steelers going to recover this? And you're just thinking, is Cleveland totally jinxed? But uh, good thing they got it. And uh, I resent you attacking my defining moments. I really do. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but And, and, and look, it, it, we really do need to, you know, if you're a fan of any other team but the Browns, and, and, and I guess there are others that have had extended stretches. But for the most part, you know, people lock on to teams that are are successful, that aren't dysfunctional, that get to the playoffs every other year, every year, three out of four, five out of six, whatever it may be. To go 18 years 
without playing a single playoff game. Think about that. It's a generation. Yeah. And I feel bad for the Browns because they have to go back to Pittsburgh. That's where they played a playoff game. Yeah. The last time they were in 2002. The only playoff game of the resurrected Browns, the team that that moved to Baltimore in 1995, became the Ravens, and then got back into the NFL in 1999. 96 is when they moved for the 96 season, but they got back in 1999. One playoff berth before this year. It, I wish they didn't have to play the Steelers. Um, but but you know what? If they go and they beat the Steelers, that'll make that a defining moment of wild card weekend. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it, 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 I'm with you. It's a little bit like, oh, I wish they weren't going to play each other, but it is going to be intense. It always is extra intense when you had to play the team the week before. It's going to be personal. And yeah, Cleveland, if they could win this one, it'll be it'll mean more than the extra wild card win. All right, quick break. We'll be back to wrap up this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. Uh, don't get COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the advice that Aaron Rodgers has for his teammates as they embark on their bye week. And look, it's, it's, it's real. When you aren't in the facility as often as you've been, now they're still going to get tested every day, but you've got this downtime. You break your routine. The, the NFL has been very big on keeping these guys in a routine, Chris. And yeah. I'm concerned for the 18 teams who have reached the end of the road after being in this for five months, tested every day, having a place to go to work every day. What happens now? These guys are just left to their own devices at a time when the pandemic's worse than it's ever been. Yeah, I, I, I hope they have some sort of a plan for helping keep these guys safe because they're just boom. That's it. You're on your own now, and uh, it's not a good time to be on your own. No, I'm. Well, no, it's not. You're right, but you know they're going to have to take care of themselves because I don't think the NFL is going to give a damn for now because they're not going to be playing on the field. So they're going to have to, you know, be like the rest of society. But man, this is real for the rest of these. I mean, the teams like the Chiefs, the Packers, you know, COVID. That'll give you a little extra incentive to maybe. You know, have the guys at practice and let's do something a little every day so they're not maybe left to their own devices like you're talking about, Mike. And at home, I mean, find a room and seal it off and just stay there when you get back from Bubble work boy. in order to be ready to go for the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> See you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.